Welcome to this episode of the Musician's Journey podcast. We have been listening to The Phantom by the Swedish metal band Notion, who kindly included my band in a gig exactly a year ago. Tomorrow they are giving the premiere of their new album, and in this episode I'm talking with Hanna Olsson, who wears many hats in this band, as well as being the lead vocalist. As a cellist I've become more busy recently, especially as a cello teacher, and therefore I'm releasing an episode every other week rather than every week, at least for some time. And I continue to talk with people who have experience with the music industry and music making and the many things that musicians often find they have to do in addition to making music. My name is Ragnil Vesenberg and I hope you'll enjoy this episode. this time because usually people uh, update their instagrams and everything so much that i have a good idea of what everyone's doing but you're a little secretive now <laughs> do you mean my private or my my, my notion hannah instagram account or <laughs> i was thinking of the notion like the bands yeah yeah instagram yeah <laughs> Yeah, we we put up we we put out some things, um, but uh, we're we're trying to get the hype going soon because the album is coming out in in uh, late October, so twenty ninth of October. So <laughs> yes. yeah, just before Halloween. Yes, <laughs> and I think uh, this episode will be out the day before. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm. <laughs> so new album, we can. We can come back to it. First, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, so my name is Hannah Olsen, and um, I'm 34 years old, singer in the band Notion, and we call ourselves a cinematic metal band. Uh, we're making a gothic um, concept album, or we are releasing a concept album in gothic style now. <laughs> So, but about me, for my regular job, or say, or how to say, uh, I work as a freelance um, editor in TV and uh, motion picture. You edit footage, video footage. Yeah, video footage, and I put together with music and sound effects and so on for different kind of motion pictures. It can be television programs, whole programs, or just parts of programs, or or uh, commercial parts for YouTube ads and such things. Can you go a little bit back in time and say how your musical journey started in your life? Yes, music for me has it has been part of my whole life. Uh, I started to to play playfully on the piano when I was like four or five when I lived in Thailand, actually Bangkok. Uh, but I also uh, my mother told me that I played the Swedish little song, like a children's song, Gubbenowak. Uh, when I was like one and a half years old, only one tune, <laughs> tune wrong. So I I have practically played since I was yeah about that, <laughs> and and sung of course. But but um, my singing uh career or my singing period started uh when I went to Swedish gymnasium or high school because before I played the drums and the violin. So I'm kind of an all-round musician. Uh, 
that landed in metal singing. <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? Was it uh, the type of music that was being played in your home or was it more of a rebel move to get into metal? Oh, um, I I think because I've thought about this and I listened to uh, old recordings with me and my best friend when we made songs when we were like nine or ten years old. And I don't, I didn't remember this, but she always like sang like very soft and pop like. But I was always singing this hard and putting the, the, the synthesizer on the rock mode and like <laughs> scream singing or like really, really, really strong. And I don't really remember this. So somehow this m- might have been in me for a very long time. And then when I came up in the, in the teen years, uh, I think it bloomed out. Like I was, uh, I started to be interested in punk, punk rock, and uh, I found Sahara Hot Nights, uh, which was an all-girl band. So that was really for me. Even though I don't like that, uh, that you label a band that, but but for me it was, uh, I could, uh, I could relate, and I was like, oh my god, I want this kind of band. So me and my friends, we started a punk band. Uh, yeah, and from there, it then transformed into hard rock, classical, classic hard rock. And I played the drums then. So, so after high school, it more became like, oh my god, I have to have this uh, hard rock band. And so we started a band back in 2011, I think. And that led to Notion <laughs> in mm. the end. <laughs> so... I'm I'm really curious because I don't have a lot of experience with bands. So since you started so early, can you say something about the steps you had to go through of, you know, a learning curve that is band related? How do you start if you want to make a band? Oh, yeah. Um, well, first of all, the most important thing I think that is that you can find people that you really enjoy being around, like, uh having a band is is very intimate like you 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 have a strong bond and you have to work with people that are nice and we we used to say that that your skills uh is not that important when it comes to having a band of course you have to have like you ha- you have to have some skills you have to manage your instrument but uh how you how the chemistry beh- um between the band members are much more important. And so when when we uh, have found members uh, during the years, we've always like wanted to meet them in person. Not even, I mean, the first meeting could just be like in person, not rehearsing because we wanted to get a feeling for who is this person and is this person some kind of like how we think and have the same ambitions, I think. Uh, when we had this punk rock band in <laughs> in my high school time, uh, we were five friends, very close friends, and we had a great time. But then, uh, after we ended high school, life came, and you know, people wanted to do other stuff. So then we just quit. So therefore, when when I've started bands later on, um, that has been like something I've learned that you can never. I mean, life can always happen. I used to say like having a band is is quite like having a relationship. You ne- you, you cannot you can never promise what's going to be in the future, but you can say for now that I'm going to commit and be very ambitious and um, like that. So that has been a very important uh, knowledge that I've uh, learned. And that and therefore in Notion we always think that okay, we can find the best drummer or bass player with the best chemistry, but that person, maybe one day he, he or she wants to get a kid and leave. So we have to prepare ourselves that we can move on, even though people are going to make other decisions in their lives. So for starting a band, I think it's very important to, to find people that you trust and that you have good chemistry with, that you can grow together with, and that you have same ambitions with, to sum up. <laughs> yeah. And what about like various skills that various people have? I guess it's a benefit if 
someone is really into tech stuff and someone is really into I don't know producing or someone is really into IT and someone is into promotion and these yeah. things yeah that's also something that that is very very hard because when you when you finally find this friends that came becomes your band you have to find like you have to also think that this is if you want to i mean it depends on what you want with the band if you were if you really want to succeed and want to have like high ambitions you have to see your your band as a company and what each person's qualities can add up to to the process or the to the progression so in 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 our band now notion I mean, I I do all the bookings and all the uh, planning and video production and uh, graphics, photo editing. So it much of it lands on me. But Oscar, our guitarist, he is the producer, so he produces the the music. Uh, and also Jonas, that is our new newest member. He is our drummer since one year back. He is also um, very great at sound tech. So he he has mastered the album that's coming out now, and he has also done lightning production for our upcoming theater show, <laughs> theater music show. <laughs> so, so we're doing very much ourselves, and 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 Daniel, our bass player. Oh no, sorry, he was a bass player, but he is guitarist now. Daniel, our guitarist, uh, he is very skilled in drawing, so he has made like. Uh, logos for the single covers and uh, also parts of the animated movie that we are making uh, for this upcoming uh, album. Album Aurora, The Weight of a Shadow, uh, is a concept album in gothic style and cinematic metal. And it came up about, I think, three years ago when we started to think, how can we think outside the box? Um, and what do we personally like uh, outside metal? And for us, it was movies and um, movie music, like film music. So therefore, we we started to think about how can we do this and combine these these things into what we do, and so I came up with because one of my uh, favorite movie composers are Danny Elfman, and also Tim Burton as a as a filmmaker. So that was kind of like okay, but our fans are much into like gothic styles and like that, and how can we then com- combine this into to something exciting and so we started to think that this can be like a story and maybe we can do like a movie that can be integrated into the show and and from the start we were going to have an animator who were going to do the whole movie but since budgets ran out um i am (laughs) i am making it as well but the animator made parts of it so we got some help there and now it's a month left, and we're going out on Swedish theaters this fall uh, that we booked ourselves, and that is really, really exciting. Wow. Yes. All do-it-yourself style. <laughs> and it appeals to pretty much anyone. Yeah, it does. Uh, we've, we've started to sell tickets, and, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> who are these people? Because... I mean, we we are an established band in Sweden, but not, but we haven't toured this way before. And as we see, the ones that are booking tickets are new people. So we might have found something here. And I think that our music is well, it is metal and hard rock, but it is kind of well, kind of it's very melodic. 
So I, we think that if we do this in a for a seated audience, people that might never even listen to hard rock might enjoy it as well. Yeah, exciting. Is it sold out in Stockholm yet? No, half the tickets have been sold in Stockholm. Okay. At <laughs> this point. But yeah. the, this is a month before. Yes. <laughs> yes. As for earlier years, our Stockholm fans, they, they usually come like the, the week before or something. <laughs> um, I'm a little curious about bookings. I've only started getting into that now, recently. But, you know, my band, we're not very established. We don't have a fan base. We haven't been releasing much and we're at that starting point and do you have some words of advice there on how to get a booking when we can't actually promise that anyone will show up to to hear us yeah i would say maybe make exchange gigs or bring or, or talk with some local band that you that uh, that suits your genre and then uh, arrange an own gig to, together with them Maybe two support bands, or two, or you don't need to call them support bands. You can make like an evening together, just um, so make that, and then arrange for them in your in your city. Because we did that back in England, 2016, and that was so great. I mean, um, there was a band called Evil Tide, and they they found us and they asked us a question: Can you book three gigs in Sweden, and we book three gigs here in England, and then when we are in Sweden, you you fix all the accommodation and travels and same here in England. And we did that and it was awesome. <laughs> really awesome because we might never had, had gone to, to England our first time without having like a booking agency or like that. Uh, because, I mean, at first, how to drive there <laughs> uh, with all the equipment and also uh, we were very happy that we could make have this introduction to the country and uh, and get to see their culture, not only go there and play at pubs, just we, we lived together with that band and to see how they, they worked. So that was really, really great. So that is my advice if you want to start booking gigs. And don't be afraid to do your own gigs. I mean, you, you're taking risks, but there are several places that you can make these risks uh, without having to pay so much money. And we're doing that like maybe one more step ahead now that we are, we're taking a little bit lar- larger risks because we have booked venues that costs between 2000 and 6000 to rent and then mm-hmm. we also have a sound technician that we pay for so we we counted that we have to sell at least 40 tickets per uh, show but that is not so much and i mean if you had two two support bands yeah you can also get more people so so take some risks and and as i said many places offer bands to come and play without paying it's very exciting i started listening to rockpodden huh have you listened to that yeah it's a great podcast about the swedish rock scene and uh, once in a while they mention a venue and then I go oh okay and I'll make a note of that venue and see where it is and uh, send them an email and I sent quite a few emails around I figured that was a place to start because it's not so intrusive and then I started uh, follow up by calling oh yeah I didn't get very far because then I got very stressed about all kinds of other things that are happening right now because now I'm I'm spreading myself thin and doing a lot of very different things. Uh, so I've had to do some serious stress management effort the past few weeks. But uh, then I will continue calling and uh, yeah. ask if, hey, did you did you get our email? Yeah. I think that is really, really good to, to make that follow up. I, I have never done that. I think I'm too shy because I don't <laughs> like speaking to, speaking to people in, <laughs> at phone. And I'm always afraid that maybe they didn't see my email and, and it's just going to end up me saying, okay, then read my email. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that is absolutely a way to go. And, um, 
for us, we also started to looking for like a manager. Um, and for us, that could be like just an ambitious person that could deal with these kind of stuff, like calling, calling venues. Um, because it's, I think it's better to have someone to talk for you. Um, because it's also like, okay, someone believes in them, then we should too. Like they have a manager, but. On the other hand, it can also be, oh, okay, here's a band with a manager. They will be expensive. <laughs> uh, <right. laughs> I think I think they can think that too. But but so it's good and bad and how you choose to do. But for you, I think just keep on sending out emails and uh, following up and uh, try to find places that are not so popular uh, <laughs> yes, because yes. every band is mailing them and you might not even get an answer and it's, it's so frustrating I have sent out like hundreds of mails and it's very few who actually answers and I'm like ah yeah. oh. <laughs> mm. could they even answer <laughs> uh, but keep on just just uh, mailing out and keep it short in the email and so on uh, I've also like um, realized that if you attach photos and even some links, um, you end up in the spam <laughs> spam mm. area there. So I think keeping it kind of plain, uh, maybe I mean links are um, crucial. You have to put them in, but be careful of what type of links. Like YouTube and Facebook, mm. I think that is okay. But if there's strange links that the male don't recognize, they they might end up up in the spam. <laughs> right yeah yeah it's actually enough to include a link to the website yeah and then the website will take you to yeah. other places exactly i have these separate worlds it feels like so this band world is this whole universe where i can do all kinds of research uh, by listening to podcasts and and uh, looking for or exploring the scene via Instagram and Spotify and and uh, of course being with my band and playing and recording and there there is so much in this world and then at the same time I started this year to explore being a cellist like as a profession uh, as a freelancer last night I was a cello teacher for adults in this place called Kulturama. And I came home and was just naked and I couldn't get up this morning. Uh, so, you know, teaching is also a world of its own. Yeah. It takes a lot of energy. And today I got an SMS from someone who wants to have a lesson, just dealing with people and being nice giving them the time and energy that they deserve. And then there is also things to do with just me playing my instrument and maintaining technique yeah, yeah. and various things to do with that. And there is also a group where we are preparing wedding music or gigs kind of, yeah. which is also time consuming because I just, I just was open to everything. And now it's, it's coming to the point where I will have to be more and more picky, I think. Yeah. Because it's a lot happening at the moment. So uh, how does it look like for you? I guess your uh, your singing and vocal technique is something that you maintain on a regular basis. Actually, I'm quite bad at maintaining my, my voice. I, I had five lessons when we made our first album that I got from our record label back then and that gave me a lot of technique that I still use um, and I'm also very how to say uh, cautious about my voice like I've been trying to to growl and scream and I made some progress on my own looking at YouTube videos but I'm I'm really planning to to take vocal le lessons to really learn from scratch so I won't ruin my voice <laughs> but I don't practice i mean singing for me I, I i sing every day but but i don't practice as much as i should and that has been like for always i i always want to be able to do something as fast as i can and with all the the other work around that takes that is taking so much time uh i i don't actually have so much time to practice singing 
I mean, we rehearse once a week, and that's practically the time when I'm rehearsing mm. uh, my my singing. But sometimes I sing in the car, <laughs> you know, and there I can really try screaming and, and <laughs> because it's so good environment. So how do you say yeah. quiet or so stumped? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so you're growling in the front while your daughter is in the back and uh, <laughs> looking at you a little skeptically. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she has. Oh, she has seen the videos, uh, but she's fine with that. And also she comments when, because I don't put makeup on so often, but when I go out for things with a band or she, she says like, oh, you have painted yourself on the face, mama. <laughs> 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 yes, I have. <laughs> And now we're also making kind of much paint, like I have a star in the face and white paint all over. So she has seen that and commented, but she thinks it's fun. Yeah, there's something really old school about that type of facial painting. And I was listening to, I don't know if it was your first album, I think it was from five years ago. Mm -hmm. And it sounded really like you, you grew up with the old school rock bands. Yeah. It sounded like to me, like yeah. it was rock and roll more more than metal. Yes, absolutely. And Joan Jett and uh, the Runaways were definitely definitely one of the biggest inspirations when I was about twenty two. Before we started Notion, like over ten years ago, uh, I think the movie came out, and I was totally blown away about the feeling about the riot girl thing and I was like, oh my god I have to have a band again because my high school band has ended and I was only singing like acoustic pop music in, in my own home and I didn't really have like uh, a goal with my music but then when I saw that movie I was like oh, what? this has been missing <laughs> I have to do this so I joined a cover band uh, but they only wanted to rehearse and never wanted to play gigs. Oh, okay. So I, I was like, oh my God, I have to have a new band and I have to make my own music. And that, that was the point when I also realized that, okay, I can sing this kind of music because I hadn't, I didn't have that self-esteem, uh, back in the high school time. I, I, I sat behind the drums. I sang a bit, but. Uh, when I found that cover band, I tried these old school hard rock and rock uh, music and singing to it, and I really felt comfortable. And I was like, well, this is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> mm. And so the first album with Notion was kind of experimental. Uh, we all, uh, came from different, uh, styles, and so we, we said that, that this should be our, experiment like where we do we want to go we have this classic hard rock but we also want to sound modern uh so where do we end up and then we had a label and the label didn't really um this is always so hard to speak about um but they didn't really join us in our vision or how to say so if you compare how the first album sound with the second uh, album the second album is more how we wanted it to sound. Like we wanted it to be more American, modern, uh, crispy. Uh, but the first album ended up to be more old school. And now it's Danny Elfman. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's my my starting inspiration for it. Uh, and but now I think many uh, movie tracks I think has influenced this album. Uh, or or the the sound of the mighty sound we 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 can call it symphonic as well because there are symphonic elements but we really try to do it more like like an own genre like cinematic and also that we're doing a movie around it it's all a concept
can I ask you a question? Because I yeah. when we talked about rehearsing your own instrument, how often do you practice cello? Almost every day. Oh yeah, cool. And it's something that easily suffers actually when I have to prioritize and there are lots of things to do. As if it's easier to prioritize something that involves other people, you know? And yeah. then when my own playing is my own thing, then I can easily kind of sacrifice that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I try to do some every day and I and I also work on keeping certain repertoire in my memory. Yeah. So that I can play these things at any time and then also slowly building on it, making a bigger library. Mm. Cool. I really, really <laughs> admire that that um that you can you can really control yourself to do that or how do you say like you you do that efficiently. I I have never been able to do that. I I play the violin and that was the same. I I mean I loved to play the violin. I wanted to be great at it, but I always ended up like practicing the evening before my my weekly lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always think think that what if I had been that kind of person that just practiced every day? How great could I be? <laughs> Now mm. I'm just little good at many things, <laughs> but enough to to do what I want, of course. <laughs> yeah, there must be some intrinsic motivation. Yeah, yeah. It's not enough to think that I should do something because someone expects me to. No. No, you have to do it for yourself. And that when I went to to uh, high school or gymnasium, I went uh, to uh, school with drums as the my main program, music drums. And we had like tests, and it became it became to me when I when I went to school learning drums that it went too much, not for myself. Even though it was that, I mean, it was for my own learning, but it was more like. You have to be done with this to that point, and I kind of lost some of the fun with that. I think uh, for me, music is really expressing myself whenever I want, and yeah, in a non-prestigious way. Of course, when I go into studio, I'm really, really picky with my my takes, and I'm really. I think I I I always uh, almost overdo it. Like I I do very very many takes to ensure that it's it's gonna be perfect, <laughs> and that I that I don't regret it later on. And of course, if I would have practiced more, maybe I wouldn't have had to take those takes. <laughs> But that 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 is how how I work, and I also love to be in the studio to to see what happens form the song in one way in the studio as well so you are doing that yourself now you're not working with a label no we are not working with a label we didn't even send up out demos actually because we we decided to just go full force do it yourself we knew it was going to be hard but we we felt that after our first album um we really want to have Uh, like a freedom in the creativity and not be how to say because i mean having a label is really luxurious luxurious and we were very thankful that we got to uh, record it in one of stockholm's uh, greatest studios and we had like like a backing um, company that really wanted to take us far um but we sacrificed quite a lot in when it came to songs cho choosing songs for the albums choosing sound um even even the artwork was like compromising thing that went not at all how we wanted it to look um we wanted this saturated red color like in our second album diamond that red color and we sent it to to the graphic designer who was going to make it and he sent us back the one that is today that it's more pink and kind of it's it's really nice looking but it's not at all that that we sent to him mm. and he said like uh, well it's like i do or nothing at all <laughs> wow <laughs> and for me as, uh. since i'm working as a freelancer as well 
um, that is not how you treat your customers. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I think our labels, uh, label, they just liked the cover. So then, of course, uh, they sat on all the money. So they, they accepted the, the artwork. But things like that made us think that we really want to do this on our own, having completely freedom in what we do. Uh, also, when we made our second album, we uh, we had like a distribution company from Sweden, with which was like a daughter company for a very big uh, music company or mu- music label, and we paid like fifteen thousand Swedish crowns for them to make like a PR uh, campaign. It ended up in like one review, uh, and I think I'm not so sure but i think they just sent our press message out to some of their contacts that they already have maybe even along with some other emerging bands um and that was it (laughs) (laughs) and of course and we also had the cd in some stores and that was part also why we did that deal but that was also making us think okay um people are really making money out of bands in our size, we're not going to do this again. Take this risk. <laughs> mm. So we want to have control on that as well. So as for PR for this album, we were very unsure because we were like, oh my God, it's so time consuming to do that part as well. Can we find like a company that don't cost so much money? So therefore there's not that big risk if they don't deliver. Um but we decided that no, we, we, we'd rather put our money into social ads, um, rather than risk our money at a company that, that, I mean, a company can never promise that they can give you coverage because they don't know what, what magazines or radio will say about the music. <laughs> so mm. it's not only their fault, actually. It's just how it works. And so we do that ourselves now as well. It's strange that not more companies are interested in having a good reputation yeah yeah isn't it i think they just thought that we were not rookie a rookie band so they knew maybe that we will make a real effort to get out with this uh, second album that we released but i think they really saw that business as a feeding business to their uh, bigger artists like if they if we bring in some bands that are, that are really ambitious and they pay because they really want to get coverage and we can use that money too. I think that is, that is the way it is in, in many, in many companies today. And also when I, when I talk to PR comp- companies that are not so uh, expensive, they're also like contacting me back, like almost, you know, I got some guy, he, he wrote to me like four times. Do you want to be on our roster? Do you want this now for your album? And I was like, hmm, maybe he don't, don't have so many customers if he writes to me four times. Uh, so we didn't choose that one. <laughs> and I found this um, service that is called Holix. H-A-U-L-E-X. And you pay a little amount of money. And then you can make like a, it's kind of like a newsletter service, but this is, um, this is for labels and for publishers in, within music industry. So you can send out like emails to lots of addresses and then you can see who has opened them, who has clicked the link, who has downloaded your album or your artwork. And you can like see actually if they get your email. So that is a really a recommendation for me to, to use that on your own and to just gather lots of email addresses from different magazines. Do it yourself again. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting this time. Suddenly everyone is doing everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we just have to acquire the skills that we wish we had. Yes, <laughs> yes. But um, I think, well, of course... It, all bands don't have a video producer, but I think you can really, if you are that ambitious and really want to do something, don't put the level up so high for how you want to do it. Like, I mean, you could practically do music videos with your own mobile phone today and you can 
maybe not edit them in the in the mobile phone you can do that as well but but if you learn some basic editing you can absolutely make like music videos and, mu- and video content because that is so important today that you come out and show yourself as a band like who are you as people mm. because that is what people stays with of course the music but if they also find people that they can relate to and that they get to know I think they stick around longer. I remember you came out with a, you had made a video summing up last year or something like that with Notion. And I thought it was a great idea and it was so simple, but yeah, I was really enjoying watching it. And I really felt like doing something similar. Yeah, I I do this um year chronicles or like like yeah <laughs> i i was just wondering which uh which uh, software you use for making your videos uh, i'm i'm using adobe adobe's um premiere yeah but i mean for that kind of content you don't need that program i think you can work with imovie or windows movie maker or something you have to like be able to put music on separate channels uh because that's I think I move. I haven't worked in iMovie for many many years, but uh, I think they've updated so you can use several channels now for both video and audio. But okay. that's that's main mainly the basic you need. Like okay, you can add some graphics or so, but you can always leave the gra- graphics out and just do like put together some sequences and then put some music on. That's great for for followers to see to to follow behind it all. It gives like a deeper view of the band and the people. I started making little behind the scenes videos of my band. Yeah. Where I I ask them some questions and and then I use Windows video editor. Oh yeah. And it's really great and easy to use. But I also put English captions on and then I have to cut it up because I can only put one caption per scene okay. or something like that <laughs> so then i i cut it after every sentence oh yeah <laughs> oh that's a lot of work <laughs> that that's a lot of work so the videos are pretty short so i've started actually getting into premiere as well yeah but for me that's a lot of work yeah yeah so i i have to watch tutorials i think i watched the basic tutorials many times by now I feel like every time I want to attempt to do anything in Premiere I have to start with the basics yeah again there are just so many details it's such a detailed world this software and it's pretty daunting to me but I guess as with everything you just have to go through the hard the hard work and then it just eases at some point and there's no need to know everything no but to just get into the basics and how to use it for what one needs to do yeah absolutely and that i think absolutely you would be able to learn in a pretty short time and i can also uh, give you an advice on damien keys if you don't know him uh look him up he makes like a youtube uh, account where he talks about the music business and we use his his um single release plan that he made for, I think it was 2020, but he does one every year and he updated, updates it with like how the music industry is changing. Uh, but I think the one from 2020 still, still works pretty well. And we used it for our first single from the album. Yeah. It was nice to have something more, uh, structured to, to follow. I mean, we, we customized it, of course. And so it suited our, things but but it was really nice to get other kind of perspectives as well and how you think when you prepare people for a release um many people just you know oh here's the album and then they release it the same day as it's out but it's so important to hook people up before so we try to do that now but still also keeping this mystery like oh what are they cooking (laughs) yeah it's working for me yeah (laughs) yes good (laughs) uh we've been talking nearly an hour i just wanted to talk a little bit about because uh, 
it's a Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> and I am... Um, this video doesn't really show very atmospheric lighting, but I have a little candle here. Oh. And I want to ask you if Halloween is anything to you. Oh, uh, this year is definitely going to be Halloween because we're releasing it the day before. Um, but, um, well, Halloween for me is also not exactly the same weekend because Allah Helgona is, I think, the week before. Or after. Or after. Sorry. <laughs> after yeah so al helgana that's the weekend when we think about our lost ones uh, and that way yeah. that has been some special for my family so we we would visit some grave or or do something on on that so halloween is some kind of connected to that but halloween costumes and halloween parties well, of course we we've been to that and uh, i think it's fun uh, but i also Really like that we're doing this with the band now. Like it's also actually the the album is about sorrow, so it's also connected. Is there more you would like to say that hasn't yet been said? Um, if you'd like, I don't know if you if you know that we also have like a podcast that is named Bandpodden. I didn't know that. No, <laughs> so that's with uh, who is hosting? No, it? it's me and Oscar. Uh, so, but it's a Swedish hey. pod, so we we make it like not so so many so often right now. We we want to do it more, but as I've said, we have so much to do, so. So it's it's kind of been in the background now for the latest year, but we have many episodes out with great tips and advices for bands. So if you want, check uh, it out. <laughs> yes, is it on SoundCloud? Yeah, and Acast, and yeah, Acast, and uh, we we ha we we were thinking about uh, uploading it to Spotify as well, but it's SoundCloud now, so. Cool. I will for sure check it out. But there are Sweden is great with podcasts. There is uh, metal podden, skrik podden, yeah. rock podden. There is a lot yeah. to to get into. Yeah, yeah. So really great that you wanted me to to be part of this. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and where can we listen to your music? On Spotify. <laughs> Is that the place you want people to listen to your music, or do you do you also have a band camp page where you have, where it's possible to buy your albums? We have a band 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 camp page, but just because like I found out like we should have it, <laughs> so we're not so active there. So Spotify, I would say, is the the main place that we we market and. Um, Maybe YouTube as well. I mean, we don't put up all the songs there, but we might do now with the album coming out. Um, because we are also on YouTube music and we all always do music videos now. So, <laughs> so there's lots of that to find there. And you will spend the rest of the year on tour? Yes. Our, uh, at least, um, November, starting with the 29th of October. So November and then January and a bit into February as well. I hope to get some rest in December. Thanks for listening. You'll find a link to Notion's website in the show notes and a link to their podcast as well for the Swedish speakers. There are different takeaways in different conversations. I know that for me it also depends on the day and what I need. Some days I need some specific information or advice and other days it feels motivating to listen to someone talk about the road they have traveled and to feel that there are many of us who hit the road bumps and anyway keeps on going. 
A friend of mine told me that he prefers the conversations with people who are professional musicians and who can talk about the business side of their artistry. What do you find the most useful or inspiring? Feel free to write me an email, the address is in the show notes, and you can also find this podcast on Instagram. If you want to support this podcast, there are several ways of economically supporting me via my page on Coffee, which I'll link to in the show notes. And please share an episode with someone you think could enjoy it. Uh, and you can never like <laughs> like it. I, I I use I sorry let me do this as Don't um, worry, I I edit a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>